Hey, this is Brad Biley, and you just found Insights, the most listened to podcast by recruiters and staffing owners who want to learn what's working in recruitment and digital marketing. If you're new to the show, here's what you can expect to hear. Every other week, Matt Lozar, Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing, and I, our Director of Digital Marketing, break down what's working for staffing and recruiting firms across North America. But Insights is not a marketing show. It's a show built to help you get more job orders and more applications. And whether you stumbled upon the show or you're here on purpose, we're glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling this week, buddy? We're doing well, Brad. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm doing really, really well. We are cruising right along in 2024, man. And honestly, we're, we're nearing the part of the year where we start to say, hey, did we hit our annual goals? What are our 2024 goals going to be? We're, we're nearing that point. I'm not ready to be at that point, but we're, we're approaching that point. Yeah, we are. Um, calendar's rapidly approaching. It always goes quickly to, as well at this time of year. So um, taking a step back and looking at how 2023 went, what we can learn to apply to 2024 feels like we're in that time of year. The last episode of the year is always my favorite. Love looking back on segments that did well and and redoing them. Love a nice just recap of the year. Um, love planning for for the upcoming year. It's just kind of built into who I am, so we bring it to the show quite a bit. Again, we're not quite there, Matt, but we're getting real close. So enjoy everything you got while it's here because uh, it's almost 2024, buddy, and we are cruising right along. What do you say, man? Get to the show? Matt, I, I had an interesting realization the other day that there's really no way to just hope you're in the right place at the right time. It's always sort of thought out or you need to do the right things to put you in the right place at the right time. And I, I saw a post on LinkedIn that actually got me thinking about this of just like, hey, I was in the right place at the right time and I closed this order. And it got me thinking, no, you weren't. I mean, you were. But all of the work, but by saying that, you're discrediting all of the work that you put in to get yourself to that place. So I wanted to talk about it on the show today, Matt, because I don't fundamentally believe that you can just be in the right place at the right time, because I think that discredits everything that you would have done to get you to that place. Maybe that gets a little philosophical for for your Friendly Insights episode, but what do you think on that? I see where you're coming from in that you know, I don't know what the right for it is. Luck meets opportunity. Sure. And that's probably where you're going with this. It, at some point, do you need luck? Of course. You need to meet the right person. You need to have them like what you're saying, et cetera. But fully agree, there's probably a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to get you there or not behind the scenes. Um, you know, has it been learning about a topic, becoming passionate about a topic, learning from mistakes you you have about your career to get you to that point. So when the opportunity's there, you know what to do. And doesn't guarantee that you're going to have success when that opportunity, lucky break, quote unquote, comes, but it'll help you increase chances of success. Thinking about like your talk at Staffing World, 
you didn't get lucky in getting that talk. It's all of the years of being on the side stage. It's the podcast. It's the content. It's volunteering with ASA. It's being in ASA Central. You don't you don't just get lucky and they pick a submission, right? They they know you at that point, so it makes sense for them to have you in a main room on the main stage. It's all of that work that leads up to hey, we want to see Matt speak on this topic at you know this specific conference. So for me, and, and maybe you're right, maybe it is a marriage of luck and opportunity. But if you set yourself up for success, then when that opportunity does come, you cannot get out of the park. So, so friends, what I want to get to is when we think about closing orders, when we think about where we're at in 2023, what can we do to make sure that we are setting ourselves up for the right opportunity when it knocks? What are we doing so that if luck does hit us the right way, we're set up for success. And, and Matt, this ties right into marketing. You know, It's making sure that your brand is visible. It's making sure the brand is strong. It's all of the tried and true principles that we talked about on Insights countless times. But we need to, need to make sure that that is all aligned so that, Matt, I think you said it best, when luck does meet opportunity, you're ready to hit a home run. The awareness has to be there. Um, hopefully, the person or companies you're trying to work with, the candidates you're trying to attract know of you. Um, but also I think there's that reputation part that should come into play because when a decision maker makes a decision, how's that for good English? Um, on the sales side, they may come across you, but then they're going to go into their network and talk to people. Like we had at our annual event, um, Randy Harris from Lighthouse Technology come in and talk about if I don't know somebody you're connected to on LinkedIn, for him, that's important. And it's going to be almost a deal breaker. Or on the candidate side, they're probably going to talk to their friends, their family, colleagues. Hey, do you know about Brad Staffing Company? What was it like? All those different areas. So it's the awareness, but it's also all that work that goes into place with your with the delivery and your reputation that helps you take advantage of those opportunities. Who said it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it? Um, gosh, it's escaping me. I, I think that's exactly it, right, Matt? You put in all of this work, you take all of this time to build your reputation, to build your brand, to build that opportunity so that when you do get that opportunity, you can hit the home run, right? And and it's not by chance that you have the ability to hit that home run. It's all of the work that put in to being at the plate when it matters. So when you think about, did you look it up? Yeah, the survey says Warren Buffett. So someone who's much smarter than us. That makes sense. Yes. That adds up. When you put in the work, when you build your brand, when you build your reputation, when you have marketing in place that supports who you are and speaks to your mission, vision, and values, when you have a team who has a strong reputation, when you have an organization that has a strong reputation, when opportunity does knock, it makes closing that order so much easier. And it makes closing that, you know, getting an applicant to work with you so much easier because you've put in the work ahead of time. You put in the work when no one was looking so that again, when you step up to the plate, you have the ability to hit that home run as if it's batting practice. So we're talking about putting in the work and yeah. there could be people yelling at their their headsets saying, Brad, Matt, what does that mean? So for you, what yeah. does that mean? Give us a tactical example of Brad Staffing Company wants to work with Matt's warehouse facility down the street. I may know who Brad's company is. I may not. You want to work with me. What does that mean for someone that wants to get on that radar? Let me take this as far as I can. One, 
It's building a, a relationship and a reputation with all of the, de- the decision makers and also the individuals under the decision maker in that organization. Where can I be that they are? What do they like? What do they know? What don't they know? How can I get to know them so well that they're just friends? And it's become second nature that, yes, I have to work with Brad. Uh, we had Sarah Choppa on the show recently, and she mentioned she's a Dodgers fan. She mentioned she's into sports cards. She mentioned all of this personal stuff about her. If you want to work with Sarah, well, it would be advantageous to walk into that conversation knowing, hey, maybe I should mention the Dodgers or maybe I should mention sports cards because that will make it much easier, right? So one, it starts with understanding the relationship. Two, I got to stay on your radar and I need to be on your radar. If you're not hiring now, what can I do to surround you with advertisement, to surround you with messaging, to surround you with content so that when you are working or I'm sorry, you are hiring, you know that you have to pick up the phone and call me. And that might be print collateral. That might be dropping things off. It might just be staying in your radar and staying in your ecosystem. Matt, I think it's also about playing a long game, right? I don't know when you're going to be hiring and I can ask, I can have conversations with you, but I need to be willing and able to fill your staffing needs as soon as you call me. So it's making sure that you have a bench of talent. You have a pipeline of talent so that when Matt's warehouse does call, you say, great, I'll have 20 people there on Monday. I've been waiting for your call. We're ready to go. And being able to back that up. Um, Matt, I, I think there's you know other marketing tactics that we can do. It, it's, it comes into building a social brand, building a content brand, making sure that you are who you say you are and, and having a reputation that backs it up. But I think we start with all of that. And I hope that that's a, a nice summary or at least synopsis of where I would get started if you, you put me on the spot like that. I did put you on the spot. It may have been my best question of the year. Um, and I don't have much to add. So you did a great job answering. I appreciate it, man. You know, again, I think you, you summarized it best. When luck meets opportunity, what are you going to do to step up to the plate and hit a home run? And it's all of the work that you put in behind the scenes before the moment that matters to make sure you're setting yourself up for success. Matt, I want to talk recruitment marketing, and I want to talk specifically about why we need to think about our employer brand when we look at this upcoming year. I know I said I didn't want to talk about 2024, Matt, but I went on a little bit of a tangent here, so maybe we should think about it. What are maybe those one or two, let's make it quick hitting, one or two things that an organization can do to strengthen their employer brand before the new year? If you aren't already, look at your look at your your reviews and make sure they're they're where you want to be. Um, from the consumer world, companies don't consider excuse me people don't consider working with companies that aren't three point three stars or higher, um, which is a challenge in staffing and recruiting because we've talked about it before. But Matt's hiring for an open role, and I have five candidates. I only hire one. There's four people that are mad. So four people versus one. Even if everybody leaves a review. I only get 20% of the positive. So being positive with that and understanding, you know, Google, it's a ranking signal. It helps with where you appear in search results. It's one of the dozens that Google has. Facebook and Indeed as well. It's where your candidates are spending time. So I think number one, that's that's the best place to look. I cannot speak more about online reviews. And I feel like I'm a broken record because it's all I'm talking to clients about. I cannot understand though why we as an industry don't care about our reputation. And maybe that's a stereotype, but it comes from numerous, and I mean numerous conversations where organizations have seven reviews. Then they've been in business for 10 years, 
15 years. Consumers, individuals are doing their due diligence. We are no longer just trusting a company because we feel good about them. Go ahead. Let's go with that. Think about if you yeah. were going to a new restaurant in a different city, a hotel, somewhere, and you saw something that had seven reviews. What would you do? You're not going, Matt. No. And, and you know, like I, I travel, I don't travel a lot, but I traveled, it'll be five times this year for Haley. When I'm out, I like to go find somewhere to eat, right? I don't want to just sit at the hotel. Show me something. So the first thing I do is let's say I want a burger. Okay, burgers near me. If you have five reviews and three of them are negative about how someone got sick on your food, no one is coming to eat your cheeseburger. They're going where there's 180 reviews saying this place is awesome. There's 40 TVs. You can't miss any game here. It it makes total sense, Matt. But for some reason, we're not equating that to staffing and recruiting. I don't know why. Probably don't feel that it's making an impact is what I would assume when it goes down to that's, that's, that's guessing and probably shouldn't guess, but yeah, I don't know why it's not making an impact. Um, it's gotta be, I mean, it has to be, but when you think about something as precious, isn't the right word sacred as important as finding your next job, you're going to do your due diligence into who you partner with. You're a hundred percent going to look into the reviews of the organization the staffing industry already has a negative connotation. It's already negative to say you're working with a staffing firm, right? And we've worked for years to try to fix that. But but facts are facts, right? It's already a little bit of a negative stigma to say, I'm working with a temp agency. So now what do you think the person who's going to say, I'm working with the temp agency who has a 1.8 on Google, how are they going to feel when they tell your their friends about you? They're not, or they're just not going to work with you. So we absolutely need to back up everything we do because com- our individuals and companies are doing their due diligence and they're researching. The other area I think is is to look at influencers and it's probably the micro influencers. This is out there, but it, micro influencers might even be too big, which is weird to say, but build brand ambassadors, people that work for you to help build that reputation and want to get the their friends, their families, their connections and all of their social media or people they talk to um, interested and then maybe excited about wanting to work for your company. If Matt worked at Brad's staffing company and you gave me a cool shirt or, you know, anniversary gift, whatever, I have a rewards program, something like that. And I highlight it. I talk about how it's a great place to work. They take care of me, et cetera. That's going to raise some antennas in a positive way, which is a great way to, to build that reputation and branding. So I was at the NISA conference in Dallas a few months ago, National Independent Staffing Association. And somebody had mentioned that when employees hit um, employees on assignment, so their temps or you know their contractors, whoever it might be, not their internal employees, but individuals they're placing, hit a certain number of hours working, they give them a branded zip up, like a, a kind of like you're wearing, like a Haley zip up, right? And at there, I didn't say anything out loud, right? But there I was thinking through like, why would I want to wear that? Why would I want to wear your staffing firm's logo or anything like that? And then I realized now as you're talking about it, individuals who have a good relationship with organizations absolutely wear that gear everywhere. You know, thinking about what people wear at the gym, what people wear when they go out, man, it's always branded stuff, right? And if you're going to give somebody a free shirt, I mean, you were at Staffing World a little while ago, I bet half the vendors were giving out free shirts. What can you do, as Matt's saying, to create micro, micro influencers, whatever it might be, so that individuals who love working with you 
have to scream about it. What are you doing to showcase those people to more people? What are you doing to help them elevate your brand to their network? Matt, I, I think that's a phenomenal idea. That's very, very, very overlooked in staffing and recruiting. I think it's a great way to help with the brand. Um, and because everybody wants more quality employees, um, who knows where the unemployment and job growth is going. It's so, such mixed signals right now. You got to prepare for anything and have a really nice brand that you can you know, control as much as you want or as you can um, to help you get those better candidates. The only other thing that I might add to it, just as another talking point, so if we think about your employer brand in 2024 in the new year, whatever it might be, we talked about online reviews. We talked about using micro, micro influencers. Maybe there's probably a better word for that, but that's that's what I'm using right now. Um, I, I want to come back to the value and the importance of well-executed social media. When social is executed the right way and content is seen and it reaches people, and more importantly, it speaks to people, it has an impact. Now, if we're just using social as a megaphone to post job after job after job or blog after blog after blog, you're not using social the right way. And that's a, t- that's a topic for another day. But if you're effectively using social media to showcase who you are and more importantly, how you can help candidates and clients and how you have helped candidates and clients, then those feel-good stories are things that people will share Those are feel-good stories that people will comment on, and those are feel-good stories that people will continue to push and elevate on your behalf. So I would encourage everybody listening to think through what does social look like for me in the upcoming new year, and what can I do to not just let it be another post and pray year? Let's use it as effectively as possible. Matt, anything else for us? Are we done with that one? No, I love it. Um, I love the thought of one good really good posts every two to three days is better than 20 posts every day. Yeah. Um, and we can maybe dig into that in a future episode on types of posts that might get better engagement on different platforms, but right on the same, right on the same wavelength. Let's definitely save that. Cause I've been running some tests on LinkedIn. I've been running some tests on other platforms about which type of post resonates well. So let's hold that. We'll bring that to another show. Matt, I, I want to talk about, and this is probably pretty good leading up to the new year. And I started the show saying, I don't want to talk about planning for 2024, but here we are two segments pretty much on it. Matt, I, I have found recently in my life, and I'm going to put my phone down here if you're watching live on YouTube. Um, just wanted to make sure I was refreshed in, in the topic in my mind here as I, I pulled up my notes. Matt, I was reflecting the other day while I was at the gym that I sort of live in a, a world where I'm so fixated on a goal or an objective or a destination that I, as a person, lose sight of the macro. I lose sight of the one week or two weeks. I lose sight of the, like, what's right in front of me. And and an example that I want to give you is, and as we've talked about on the show, been on this pretty elaborate health journey, I guess we'll call it. Um, and I've said on the show before, I, I wanted to hit 225 on the bench press and 315 on squat by the time I turned 33. Did not get there. Uh, plain and simple. I didn't get there. Thank you. I gave it a hell of a shot. I'll be honest. I I worked out. I followed the programs. I ate. I gave it a shot. And I I grew. Like I, I mean, I hit really, really good numbers. But I'm five or 10 pounds right off, right? And Matt, what I realized is, okay, well, that was the goal. A little while ago, what I did is I stopped 
fixating on, okay, that's the goal. And I did this program where for two weeks, all I did was stretch. And all I did was get my hips right, got my shoulders right, my joints right, my knees. I mean, Matt, when I tell you I got my hips right, I have never been as sore as I was doing the program that I did. And you're talking no weight, just stretching, just rolling. It it was incredible. But what I learned, Matt, is in doing that and in loosening those parts of my body, I'm putting myself on a better path to getting 225 and getting 315. And I'm getting a little long-winded because uh, I'm trying to kind of dance around this and understand it in my own brain. But mentally, I tend to get in a lane where I get so fixated on a goal that everything I do has to align with that goal. But I lose sight of the, what am I doing this week, right? Like I, And the thought I had, Matt, is I can't give up a week of doing you know this bench press program because I'm going to give up one week. And it's like, Brad, you're 33. You can afford to give up one week <laughs> to make sure that your hips aren't going to fall off. Like it's one week, bud. Slow down, right? And and Matt, when I think about how this equates to business and where this goes, and I'm hoping you could be my therapist here as you've been on Insights dozens of times. I think what we do in business is we also have that North Star And we say, listen, that's where we want to get. This is how we've done it for years. This is what we need to do, right? This is how we're going to get applications. This is how we're going to get job orders because this is the way we've always done it. And we need to have the courage to say yes. That's what we want to do. But what if we tried this instead for a little bit and just saw what it did? Matt, there's a world of stuff to break down there. And and maybe I I should be on some sort of, you know, therapy couch and, uh, you know, Sipping a glass of wine. I, I don't drink, but sipping a glass of wine, I guess. But I don't know, man. What do you think? B. Biley at HaleyMarketing.com. We can send him our therapist invoices. That's what I first thing I can think. You know, we, we, talk, we joked a couple episodes ago that we need, a, we need a sponsor. How about BetterHelp getting on that one, right? Um, it's interesting because you talk about that and it, it's very easy to get fixated on a goal. And it's such a difficult balance because we talk about a smart goal. You had a smart goal. I have a smart goal in my, you know, we have professional smart goals. I have smart goals in my personal life, my golf game. It's a very easy way to say this because when you're in sports and athletics, you can quantify it of, I want to do shoot this score. I want to do this in an exercise. I want to run this race, whatever. It's easy to quantify that. I want to read this many books in a year. So taking that step back and changing it up is, is just a, it's a good idea. So from a business standpoint, there's so many ways we can go with this. The first thing I thought of was having a test part of your marketing, whether it's a budget, whether it's tactics. Like if you're doing 10 things a week or a month, whatever, one of them every month needs to be different to change it up with something like that. And in terms of losing sight of the goal, it's I think it comes down to personal preference in the sense of in terms of process versus goals, you know, great talk about sports a lot here, but like John Wooden, one of the best basketball coaches of all time, coach K who was just at staffing world, his goal was never, Hey, work, win a national championship. It was get better every day, work hard every day, something like that. I think that's where it comes down to personal preference. If it's a business owner, if it's you as a person, because could somebody say to your face, you failed? Yes, they could. Do I believe in that? No. Do you believe in that? I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I don't think you do. You made great progress. You feel good. You did. You got 90 plus percent of the way there. 
you didn't fail. I don't think you, you made great progress. So from a business standpoint, that's what you want to look at. I think it comes down to just personal management style, personal belief of how do you do that? Um, I'm struggling to know how to incorporate the stretching into a marketing plan. You know what I'm hearing too, Matt, and maybe we don't need to, man, maybe we can just talk for a second <laughs> and we'll get there. We always do. What, what's interesting though, is you set out on this goal, right? So I want to bench 225 pounds by the time I'm 33. Keep in mind for me, if if you don't know who I am, I, I weigh about 152 and I hover right around there. Like that's that feels really good to say. Like at 225, I can get 215. I'm right there. Okay. That's the goal. And the 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 interesting realization is well, I've never hit 225. So why in my brain am I so cemented in this is the path to get to that goal? I've never done it. So so why is there not a deviation of the plan to say, listen, maybe you do need to stretch one week every quarter, no weight, just do this, do something different because you have never done this before. <laughs> yes, you you think you know what you're doing and you're watching the right videos and you're you're following the right people and you're listening to the, you're subscribing to the right sort of help, but you've never done it. And if you've never done it, then you can't say that this is the path and you need to make the path. Go ahead. So maybe it wasn't realistic. Maybe it wasn't, right? And, and maybe it wasn't a realistic goal. And also maybe the the monthly check-ins that I had with myself, I wasn't being honest with myself and saying, listen, you're still on the right path. And, and Matt, we have level 10s every week, right? Where we say, are you on track or off track with your rock or your goal? Maybe I was lying to myself all along. Now, it, it, it's interesting. interesting. You know, as friends, as we look at 2024, you're going to set business goals. We need to set those lofty goals. What's um, Peter Diamandis? He calls them BHAGs, right? Big, hairy, audacious goal. Uh, he's got something. He's got something even bigger than that. Okay. Well, I, I know of the BHAG, the big, hairy, audacious goal, because I know our co-CEOs say it quite a bit. You know, yes, there's there's a bigger goal in my mind, right? And it's not it's it, it's not necessarily a go. What is it? He's the moonshot guy. The moonshot guy. Right, right, right. So, you know, as we look at your goals for the upcoming year, what are they? And more importantly, are you checking in with yourself and being honest with yourself to say, hey, I'm on the path or I'm not on the path? And are you having that self-reflection? Matt, talk to me. Anything else I'm missing? I think, so here's, here's where I think goals are tough because some leaders, um, not just in staffing, but leaders will say, you know, I don't know what the numbers, everybody's a little different number. Five-year goals, 10-year goals are impossible because they're so impossible to predict the future. Three-year goals can be difficult too. Even one-year goals can be difficult. If we look back 12 months ago to setting your, so if we're in, we're in November, 2022, setting a 2023 goals, we didn't think the economy was going to go a little sideways. So it's good to have those goals because we need them because we don't have a goal. We don't know where we're going. So I think you need the mix. If it's in your marketing, if it's in your business side, you need the mix of having that goal, you know, okay, I want to work towards this finish line. And if I'm doing a lot of the right things, that's great. If we need to adjust three, six, nine months throughout the month, that's okay. And doing that. So there's all, we make, we set our goals. Maybe I will get us there. We set our goals with the best information we have at the time. And at the time you thought 225 was a good goal, maybe 215, you know, could you get there? Could we, could I, could you shoot yourself up with steroids and all that crazy stuff and get there? Yeah. Is that healthy? No, but you know, 
you do the best which you can with the information you have. So that's where I think hopefully you can do with setting your goals here for 2024 to to make the best decisions to help you your companies grow marketing side business wise um, to navigate kind of these these headwinds we're in right now. Matt, a wise man once said that having dreams is what makes life tolerable. Oh yes. And if if you know the reference, then, great movie. If you know the reference, then you know the reference, and you're a friend of this show. And I, I think you're exactly right, Matt. You can set a goal. And you can say, listen, you know, I'm, I have a goal now for when I'm before I'm 34. But I think you also need to have the courage to say, listen, three months in, six months in, is that still the goal? You know, God forbid some sort of injury, whatever might happen. Is that still the goal or do we need to change? Do we need to pivot? And, and that friends therein lies why you come and you listen to insights, right? We're here to help you along the way. We're here to help you on your journey. And uh, every now and again, we're here to give you just a segment to talk about life. That's your show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. If you have a question for us, you could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. And be sure you tell them that Insights sent you. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar. This is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.